If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Hello, everyone, and welcome into a special edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. I wanted to share a conversation with all of you today that we had on the Denver Sports Podcast. I apologize for those of you who've already listened to all of this once before, but I wanted to make sure uh, to have it here because there was a lot that was said by people who are not me uh, about the Rockies, and I think it's important that their voices be a part of this conversation, especially as this whole dynamic gets more and more complex. And we recorded this very, very fresh after the news had broken about Arenado feeling disrespected and all of that. And so I wanted to make sure that even if you don't listen to that podcast because you don't care about the other sports, that you heard this conversation because we spent about 40 minutes just talking about the Rockies and what this means. And I think there were a lot of questions and a lot of statements, uh, frankly, just made by others that all of you should hear. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to do all that. As such, I'm just going to mention here at the beginning as well, of course, you know, to drink Breck Brew if you're out there drinking some brew. 
and they got a new super fantastic one for you. The Mile High City Copper Lager is going to be the beer of 2020. I'm telling you guys, if you're a lager drinker whatsoever, you're going to enjoy this one. Make sure you check it out. We're going to be doing a, a big Denver Nuggets watch party on Thursday. Uh, I know it's going to be going around. Uh, we're going to be unveiling a new DNVR shirt. We've got all kinds of cool, fun stuff happening here very, very soon. Uh, but this uh, this new Breck beer is one of the things we're most excited about. Hopefully you will be as well. It's a lager with a bit more oomph, a bit more flavor. If you're not really you know, a lager drinker because they can be pretty light, give this one a try. I'd be very curious to see what your feedback is on it. Uh, I, I particularly like it because it's got a bit more flavor and oomph to it. Want to hear what y'all think of the copper lager from Breckenridge Brew. You know our good friend. So I'm going to throw it here now. The next voice you're going to hear is Ali Monroy, the host of the Denver Sports Podcast and our video super guru here at DNVR. We're going to jump into this conversation, and I'll have a little bit of uh, a couple of thoughts once it's over for you. There's a good amount with the Rockies, and that's why <laughs> Drew wasn't going to be on the podcast today, but with everything that happened yesterday... We had to bring him on, and then what we're happened, going to uh, ask... What happened yesterday? Oh, just wait. I'm oh, teasing okay. you. Oh, okay. that, that's the whole thing. Okay, I see, I see. And then we're going to ask Colton all of our questions that we have about rugby, and if you guys have any, be sure to ask us on the Periscope, and we'll have Colton answer those. Um, but before that, this is the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, our favorite Colorado beer, and we will be having a uh, DNVR Breck Brew watch party for the Nuggets next Thursday, Let's go. the 30th. And it's it's a home game, so we'll be there early for people who want to kind of just pregame going to the Pepsi Center, and then we'll be there after. It's at Stoney's, I believe. Before we get into the Nuggets, let's talk Rockies. Uh, we had good news at what? first. <laughs> Good news that the trade talks had officially been over with Nolan Arenado. Jeff Breidich let let the the world know, and everyone was like, "Drew was right. Drew was right." Hmm. So you oh. had a victory lap, and then Half more comments came out that Nolan Arenado felt disrespected, and he was very upset. And pretty much Rocky's Twitter caught on fire, and, and they got more specific as the night went on. Yeah. It went from like. It went from like, oh, I feel disrespected by people over there. And it was kind of like, oh, these are generic. And then more reporters kept reaching out to him. Mm. And he kept being like, it's Jeff. Jeff. It's Jeff. No, it's Jeff. <laughs> He's super disrespectful. Jeff, Jeff is the one that is very disrespectful. And he clarified that it wasn't about, he's not upset about the trade rumors and all of that and the trade talks. It's something else. But he wouldn't specify what that something else was. But he would specify who. Yes. Yep. Right. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, that uh, that was one of the strangest hours uh, in the history of the Colorado Rockies. It, it, it really like they were an NBA team. Yeah, and and what's really bizarre is I don't know what prompted all of this to happen now because all the beat writers who cover the Colorado Rockies every single day have known there's been a rift here for a while. How big of one, how serious of one, what is the issue, can it be fixed? There's been a lot of debate and disagreement and, and varying perspectives, and that it all blew up like this and, and in this way so huge, and I think went from being a situation where the team could have showed up at spring training, and if they could figure out a positive start to the season – 
even if he felt this way and never voiced it, they could have been fine. The moment the word disrespect became public. It's a problem. It's oh, Yeah. There's no way to go back. The, and, and I am the eat your vegetables Rockies guy. And I am the, you know, don't jump to the most dramatic conclusion person. But this is incredibly bad for everyone involved. For Jeff Breidich, for Dick Monfort, for Nolan Arenado. This is bad. He's not going to get what he wants out of this. I'm not saying that there won't be changes in the front office. There I, have to be. I think I think there probably have to be. Does it not to cut you off here, I know you're on a roll. Does it speak volumes that there haven't been already? Like shouldn't shouldn't we have woke up in a perfect world and Pridich is out already? And it's harder for you I mean, to say, I understand. Honestly, that, we should have gone to bed. And he would have he would have been unemployed from a, from a layman Rockies fan perspective. Like that's just how I feel. But. Especially as soon as um, the word disrespect got brought up, <laughs> at least what from what we've seen that brought up the whole Tula was trending on Twitter yesterday because it brought up the way Tula left, and he yeah. also left felt feeling disrespected. It, Rough twenty four. Like hours. Tula was a tool, so I think people were okay with it at the time. A Tulo? They were they were like <laughs> it's gonna be it. Like like everybody was kind of like over Tulo and like he was kind of a he was, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. And so everybody was just sort of like, eh, I don't really mind that he feels disrespected. But like Arenado is like the best dude on the planet. He's the easiest yeah. guy to root for and that you've disrespected him to the point where he he wants to tell reporters this multiple times. Yeah. Like, what have you done? And I mean, that's what he said, too, to one of the reporters. He said, I don't trash talk. I go to the ballpark. I do what I'm supposed to do, but I can only be disrespected so many times. That's paraphrasing, not exactly what he said word that's for word. But pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's not wrong. He makes himself available to us every day. Uh, he, you know, I think finally started realizing he needed to be the spokesperson for the team this last year, but I, there is no impugning Nolan Arenado's character. There just isn't. I think he, (laughs) hi fans. Uh, I do think he has a tendency to get a little over emotional at times. I don't think he has the best concept of how to build a baseball team. And I think when he got a big contract, he started thinking, hey, I should have some say on how to build this baseball team. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think he's the best player in the history of the franchise quite easily. And that's a fair thing to want. But I also, I don't think letting your star player run your front office is always a good idea either. Um but at this point, it's such a like it's it's a thing to say to say. Let the record show. There's a, I'm making a one to five percent thing when ninety five percent of this is not about how Nolan has made one or two missteps and 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 mishandles here. This ultimately isn't on him, though. I do think it's very tough because if he just not made this most recent comment, even if he felt this way, there could have been a peaceful way out of this where everyone came out looking good and what we have instead is an intractable untenable situation where everyone looks bad does does anyone have a firm understanding of why he feels this way cuz didn't he say it wasn't necessarily that he was on the trade block 
Yeah, and well, and I think there's been a little bit more hinting at that it has been about how the team hasn't been improved upon, how they haven't gone out and made big additions to the it's roster. Like we're going to compete if you stay, and right. then that season happens. Right, and- which I think has long been speculated, and it, it also it's just mostly true based on things he said publicly and privately about wanting to compete. Uh, he, he has said some things, too. About, I remember particularly when Troy Tulowitzki was traded, he was frustrated the team got a bunch of prospects instead of starting pitching to help them win right mm. then, which was not what they were in a position to do. That was actually, quite frankly, that was poor baseball analysis on his part. And so I'm not sure that Nolan Arenado has the best analysis of the Colorado Rockies' current roster. And I think he risks for a moment here sending the message to his teammates by saying, Mm. I'm so disrespected by our GM not making moves to get better because that's how much I don't believe Believe in you guys. guys. Does it it come down to Breidich or Nolan? Does it have to be a decision between one of them, or is there a chance— that those two Tough can stay call. in the organization. I'll repeat uh, a sentence I said last night on, on the DNVR Rockies podcast. If there is not a picture in the next 24 to 48 hours of Jeff Breidich and Nolan Arenado hugging and crying tears of joy and releasing a joint statement that says we're past all this, we believe in the call, no negative, just the fluffiest statement you've ever heard in your life, even if no one believes it, anything short of that, it appears to be an Arenado or Breidich situation, and that is not a difficult question to answer. Yeah, I think you go with the potentially best third baseman of all time, right? I believe it, it would be. You're the baseball guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it seems good. The best clutch hitter in the game, the best defender in the game. And I but mean, as, for, as, as the minutes go on and there still is no decision between those two, does it lean more toward Breidich or more toward Nolan staying? I mean, do any of us really believe that he's going to fire Breidich? That that I mean, do we even know? Is Dick Munford even aware that this is taking place? <laughs> well, there's in the Twitter world an email circulating. Oh, oh is there by now? Oh, great! But we don't. Super we have no idea yeah. if that email is actually true um, or real. Yeah, let's maybe not get into that specifically. Yeah. But on the Dick Munford question, he knows this is happening, and. 24 hours ago, I would have told you there is 1% chance Jeff Breidich is fired any time in the next uh, calendar year or or two or three calendar years maybe even. Uh, After those statements from Nolan Arenado, that jumped to 70 80%. Whoa. I mean, they're real buddy-buddy though, right? I mean, that's Monfort's guy. Monfort and Breidich, yeah. It would require something of this magnitude, right, right, is your point. So again, to to repeat a point from last night's Rockies pod, the two things are coming to a head. Dick Monfort has been extraordinarily, let's use the word loyal, let's be nice about it, uh, to individuals in his organization that he falls in love with as people. That actually included Troy Tulowitzki. He was really bummed out when that guy got traded. Um, and and some other people as well. But he's been notorious, and so for players and also for his GMs, Dan O'Dowd basically had to fire himself, and he did, which is maybe the more amazing thing. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I, it seems it like Breidich might have done the same thing. Well, here, but that's right? the thing is, like, Dan O'Dowd literally just said, I, I'm going to walk away now. I... I don't know if Jeff Breidich. I don't know Jeff Breidich well enough at this point. There's a part of me that could believe he would do that. I think Jeff knows he stepped in it. 
I, I think he, he understands he, he's gone from a defensible position to an indefensible one. Because it does not matter the extent to which I can articulate how Nolan might not have this right and why Jeff Breidich still may have done the right thing in the offseason. It doesn't matter. Part of your job is human relations. You cannot do yeah. this to your most important employee right. ever. You cannot let this happen. Whatever it was, it doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter now. Well, and the trickle-down effect was. of this is why would any any free agent ever sign in Colorado with Breidich there? Right. Knowing that he just alienated Arenado. That guy? A year after the guy committed to the franchise when he didn't have to. I love the story during the trade rumors that came out about how he was friends with Paul Goldschmidt. He's friends with everybody. He's yeah. one of the best players in baseball, and he's super easy to get along with. And he goes to the All-Star game every year. And you don't think guys want to come over and... Get their gloves signed by Plus, somebody like, who's never not won a gold glove. How exciting of a hang can Paul Goldschmidt be? That guy <laughs> might as well be your your tax accountant, right. right? I mean, yeah. Right. Mike Trout. Yo, Paul Goldschmidt throws no. down. Yeah. Does he? You don't even know. I have no idea. I was going to say, is that real? He lives out. in St. Louis. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> like Buster Posey's always at the dubstep club. I'm like, wait, what are we? What's going on? But yeah, is, that man. What, is that what it's called, the dubstep club? I, yeah, that was a 10-year-old reference, if, <laughs> if anything. I don't think dubstep's still a thing. So, so let's, I mean, what are the chances, obviously, this is a non-verifiable, I'm just asking you, spitballing, what are the chances this is repairable post a Breidich firing? Oh, I think it would be very repairable. That's why I think, and I said this again, I don't, I never advocate for people to lose their jobs because I don't think I'm qualified. I just It's just a personal policy of mine. I'll, I'm never going to say on record, so-and-so should absolutely be fired. But I do think that the only way for this to be, to answer your question, for this to be a positive for the Rockies organization coming out the other end of it is for him to no longer be with the organization because I do think – Nolan Arenado loves his teammates. Mm -hmm. Nolan Arenado loves his fans. He loves playing in Colorado. He loves the idea of being the greatest Rocky who ever lived. And he does believe in some, if not all, of these guys. He believes they're a few players away from being able to compete for the World Series, and this guy won't go get them. Right, right. You remove that guy from the equation – with the promise that Arenado's not going to be traded, a new GM comes in, the sky's the limit for the best player in the history of your franchise. So it's not my decision to make, but I think it's an easy one. So how important is Jeff Breidich? Because it's not like we're talking about you know a backup outfielder compared to the best third baseman of all time. And and. I understand that Nolan's more important, but we're talking about the general manager right now. Yeah, but we're talking about an incompetent general manager. <laughs> well, that's, that's the question. How, like, how? This is not. This is not like a, a John Elway like complicated. Like he's won something. But for we're you, still you know? talking about the well, general manager, and that's a very big position. There is a consideration here. And I could go through the, like, actually, if you look at Breidich's tenure compared to everything the Rockies have done before, he's been much better than anyone else has. But yeah, how much of that? Uh, I know. <laughs> Wait, again, we'll get <laughs> into the weeds. Him, I, Let him finish. We could get into the weeds on that. But I, I think less important than any of that, honestly, is I do think the Colorado Rockies play in the most unique environment in all of professional sports. And they need to play and build and think differently. 
And I think Jeff Breidich fundamentally understood that, whether or not or understands that. <laughs> Goodness. Um, I, and I think that's important. And they're going to, like, replacing him would not be easy, to, to, I think is the most important part of your question. Because if they go internally... He's the next Jeff Breidich. It's, it's the same thing they just did. Dan O'Dowd to Jeff Breidich. They go Jeff Breidich to Zach Wilson, the guy who holds uh, the job that Breidich did before, who I actually think would probably be really good in the job. Like, it doesn't matter. The outside world's not going to buy that. You, can't, you have to go from outside the organization. The problem is you go get a GM who hasn't spent the last 10, 15 years of his life trying to solve the Coors Field problem, has only spent maybe – a couple of days thinking, man, that's weird out there. And that's it. Like, you, you have to have someone who understands this problem. And so it's not just as easy as get rid of Jeff Breidich. Right. You have to know who you can turn to. And there's a limited number of options of people out there who have a deep enough understanding of the problem that is presented here. But there are less Nolan Arenados. That's just true. You know? That's just One the fact. Of, there is a lesser of two evils here. And I know it's, like, I can say it for you, and I, I agree with your philosophy on calling for jobs, by the way. Um, but I don't cover the Rockies. So to me, this is pretty simple, right? And I think everyone's on that same page, but um, it's rough for, like, the human element of sports is easy to forget. That's true even of general managers. This is probably yeah. a crap day for Jeff Breidich. Sure. Right. Yeah, I don't know how many people feel bad for him. Right? Yeah, well, when you shoot yourself in the leg, it's yeah. probably going to hurt. Yeah, you, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, we need a soundboard for AJ Zings. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Drew, I, I got a question. So I follow baseball from afar. So, but I've seen the Rockies really have not done a whole lot this year. Is this the worst offseason in franchise history? Just well, based on it is now. Yeah. There was whatever whatever argument I was making two days ago about you know there's actually what's funny is there's a couple little things they've done that. I really like and I think will pay off. And I also think that people are dramatically overlooking the like long list of 25-year-olds they have who have an opportunity to be really good next year. Uh, but now there's just <laughs> cold net. <laughs> there's, there's, it's just, it's just done. Like now right this now. is a part of the offseason. And it, and it, yeah, this is the worst offseason in the history of the Colorado Rockies by a mile. So I feel like fans with Nolan Arenado are now torn because I've heard so many arguments of, oh, this is clearly a sign that Nolan wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be here. But then there's other fans, like our very own Ryan Koenigsberg, who thinks this shows Nolan's love for Colorado even more that he wants to say because he wants changes to be made so that the team will get better. And he doesn't think Jeff Breidich is the guy to do that. But now with the comments Nolan made, I feel like the fan base is really torn on on Nolan wanting to be here or wanting to leave. Nolan appears to be in truth teller mode. Mm -hmm. And if his top priority was, I hate that I never get enough credit for playing in Colorado. I hate that the fans sometimes don't show up to games or do the wave at dumb times. And I know some of those things. Sometimes <laughs> the, the empty crowds or whatever can... If that was his top priority, I think he would have said so. I think if Nolan would have, would have said, I don't ever believe this franchise is going to win, if he felt that way, he would have said so. I think Nolan Arenado very specifically named his problem, his very specific problem. So I, I, I tend to agree with RK here. I don't think it's a, it's an I want out of Colorado situation. It could if, if those two things end up being one and the same, if they say to him, look, we're, we're keeping Jeff, Jeff's our GM no matter what, 
then the answer to those questions becomes the same thing. Then, yes, Nolan Arnold does want out of Colorado. I mean, and the fans have been letting letting that front office know for the entire offseason that they want to fire Jeff Breidich, that they want him out. There's petitions going on. On this Periscope, there's so many comments of people just saying, fire Jeff Breidich. So I feel like if it doesn't happen, then the fan base, a lot of them will stop showing up to games and will stop supporting. They will. They will stop showing up to Coors Field. It will be emptier than you have ever seen it in your life. Especially if they don't fire Jeff Breidich and they turn around and trade Nolan yeah. Arenado, you might yeah, as for twenty five cents on the dollar now because yeah. now everybody knows. Now season ticket holders are going to be showing up. I mean, th- then it then it goes from this is really bad to this is an extraordinary disaster from whence the organization could take the better part of a decade to recover. Did, did the Cardinals just like immediately call back again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the negotiations were over. Right. They read that report. <laughs> Jeff, so. bud. Yeah. I feel like, like more than just the yeah. Cardinals, right? Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like Breidich's phone blew hey, up last we night. We can take GMs. this off your hands, buddy. It's been a busy week. Tough week for you. Easy solution. As I was wrapping up the podcast last night, one of my regular interactors just wrote in all caps, Nolan Arenado has been traded to the Cubs. And I just, I didn't, it was just at that moment such a believable thing and i was just like <laughs> just tell me if that's true or not like i'll give you analysis i'll give you thoughts and opinions just let me know if that's actually happened well yeah because more comments came out and i try to f- find a way to make you know Allie. the comments so then i wrote it on the facebook and right so i was telling you truth and then right after that the guy's like nolan arenado's traded to the cubs and i'm like why would you say that? I'm looking it up trying right. to see if it's true or not. <laughs> everyone else immediately like, no, no. And Drew's like, you owe me agree. a beer, dude. That's yeah. bad for everyone. That's bad for no one. Iron to the Cubs would be would bad, be for, bad for everybody. No one wins that. Nobody wants the Cubs. That. Don't even win that because they'll <laughs> probably trade them because they don't want to spend money. They're having their own yeah. teardown problem. So next week, will we know? What what the solution is? Better not take that long, Zach. <laughs> I don't know if I could survive a week. I mean, uh, uh, like you guys were saying earlier. I mean, back what it was Brandon said. Why didn't this happen overnight? Like, I don't know that I don't own the team, but it can't take a week. Right. This isn't a week long deliberation. Each second this is that it doesn't happen, easy conversation. You can't. Who are you deliberating with? In the right. <laughs> what call so is we, there? To we've make? got some comments on the Periscope <laughs> that bet. I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, read a lot of Jeff Breidich should be fired. Sure. Um, someone said GMs are like running backs, very replaceable. Uh, someone else said Creaseman for GM 2020. Uh, can Joe Sackick be a GM for two teams at the same time? You don't want that. Bring in Larry Walker <laughs> for GM. Is vote wearing a DNVR beanie? He is not. Uh, he is wearing a one, The beanie. second we make one, it'll be the only thing. Oh, right. I know. We right? really should. Yeah. Um, uh, who won the week? Not the Rockies. <laughs> this week they should do who lost the week so the Rockies can finally get a W. <laughs> I love it. I love I love where your head's at right now. That's fantastic. Except either that or we go the other way and see if I can get zero votes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the only thing going on today. <laughs> there is also the Larry Walker possibly oh, goodness. being inducted into the Hall of Fame or possibly not, which we are having a watch party at the Blake Street Tavern at three to three to six for the news. And people will either be drinking in celebration or drinking in sorrows. Either way, a lot of Breck Brews going on. A around. lot of Breck <laughs> Brews. They're right. there to help you no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Drew, one to ten. Yeah. Just give it to me straight. Chances one to ten. How do you feel, like gut feeling? 
33. Oh, man. Oh, oh no. This is, this is his number was 33. Oh, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> He'll miss by three votes. That's what it'll be. He'll miss mm. by three votes. It'll be Peter Gammons. Oh, son of a gun. And the two people, the first two people that did Jeter only ballots. I think there were what about three. what about the Raiders writer who oh who voted for that's the worst ballot of all of them Jeter Vizquel and Jeff Kent and Jeff Kent and cited uh, and that's it <laughs> and that's it just those. I just don't understand why like why only vote for one per I just I don't understand that I know we've talked about this before and you get very angry well, about it Drew but <laughs> there, it just there, doesn't make sense Drew's in his own Groundhog Day hell right now. <laughs> <It's just laughs> There's a, a, an opinion out there, Ali, that uh, the Hall of Fame in baseball ought to be incredibly small. Now, let's understand one fact. It is. Less than 1% of people who have ever played in Major League Baseball are in the Hall of Fame. And fewer people have been elected into the Hall of Fame in the last 20 to 25 years than in any other like era that you could cut off, like a 20-year period. Like It's become a more and more exclusive club. It hasn't become a less and less sure. exclusive club. Is that because you get these self-important writers like the, the Shaughnessy's of the world? Who are like, I'm a small hall guy, and there can only be one per class. Exactly. They, they, they call themselves small hall people. That is the worst name for the worst small group. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Small hall. That's like a skit, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's, it's really. And then, of course, many of these people happen to reside on and cover teams that play on the coast, where there's more people, and they don't have to think about uh, the middle of the country, and they certainly don't have to think about Colorado Rockies baseball. They're the only team, or I think sometimes the Diamondbacks, but they do a weird um, time. Like, they don't observe daylight savings. Anyway, yeah. we're getting weird. But I think the Colorado Rockies are the only team that play in their time zone. They're very easy to skip. Uh, so it's very easy to not do any research, and that's clearly what people have done. I've read the articles. You didn't do your research. Um, before we keep going, it, the watch party is at Blake Street Tavern, not Sports Column. Just want right. everyone to know yes. that because we got someone saying watch parties at Sports Column. Nope. nope. Blake, Blake Street. Street Tavern. Blake Street Tavern. We will be there. It's there. I promise you. This man. I'll be there. He Look knows. for Drew's beard. That's, it'll, it'll be going down. We'll all be living through it together. Um. I don't know how to say your name, but happy birthday. Roth in Wyoming. He says if oh, he yeah. gets in, it would be a great birthday present for me today. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Sorry. I sorry hope. about the. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> sorry about that. He's probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it's going to be because of this. Yeah. The, the, they didn't bother to do the research. They didn't bother to think about it. The justifications that are being given publicly for not voting for Larry Walker range from. That's just not true to that's not a reason you would ever apply to literally any other person ever. And the fact it's basically that, Coors injuries. Yeah. And I'm a moron. Yeah. And and yeah. And that Derek Jeter's gonna get in unanimously. That's just a slap in the face. It really is. It's downright disrespectful to every single person who's ever put on a Colorado Rockies uniform, worked for the organization, every usher, every person that's ever walked into Coors Field. It's damn disrespectful. Man, I just, I come <laughs> from the East Coast, so does Vote, and like the more I've lived in Colorado, 
Ah, uh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's real. The coastal bias is it's real. It's so yeah. real, and it's so frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch with the Nuggets. It's frustrating to hear everything about Coors Field, to see the arguments and, and all of that, and even with the Avs, and I feel like... <laughs> Nathan McKinnon's stolen heart trophy. Exactly, and the Broncos definitely, I feel like, get the least of it, but there is still... Like, oh, it's the Broncos, and I think they get the least of it because of the championships they've won, but... Man, I really wouldn't have known how bad the bias was I, until I've lived here for so long, and I'm just like, that's BS. I'd be eating up all that misinformation Drew was just talking about, yeah. right? The people who didn't do their research that have their antiquated or outdated stats about how to measure impacts at and away from cores without the knowledge of people on the ground who were there who paid attention. Um, I would have no idea that this is a le- not just a legitimate case. It's really frustrating. He should be in. And I just don't get the, I mean, I think the timing of games, and I don't know how to fix it, but I feel like timing of the games is what's hardest for people on the East Coast to be watching a game that starts at 11 for them. They're like, oh, I'll watch a little bit and go to sleep. And and there are a million little things like that working against Larry Walker. He never went out and, and promoted himself and went on the TV shows and did the big radio interviews. He, he, he liked hockey more than baseball. He liked <laughs> hockey more than baseball. Some people have... I'll straight up say right now, and I'm going to repeat later on another podcast, there are people who aren't voting for Larry Walker for personal reasons because they don't like his general attitude, which is like, bruh. I mean, that's <laughs> why Kurt Schilling's not in, right? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, Schilling's numbers are a little, I think it's are a little more debatable than Walker's. I mean, but, after Messina got in. Well, I, I'm, yeah. I, and I don't think Messina should be in the Hall of Fame either. But that, like Brandon was saying, like, this shouldn't even be close. And, and it's also not just a middle-of-the-country thing. If Larry Walker played for any, any of the 29 other teams in baseball, he would have been in the Hall of Fame five years ago. If he did that rest of his career in St. Louis? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If that entire well, if career flipped, happened in St. Louis, he, I should say, rather? Yeah, 10 years, precisely. If he, if he had done his prime in St. Louis and ago. ended in Colorado, he would, he would have been in five years ago. 100%. There is no element of the game of baseball that Derek Jeter was in any measurable way better than Larry Walker. Wow. Spice. I mean, it's not really spice, but it sounds like it. It, it does yeah, sound like spice. Absolutely. But I know I know there are people like you who make the case like, hey, this isn't even really close. There are a lot, there's a lot of mythology around Derek Jeter. He, I was, mean, a, he was a bad wins. defender yeah. and like a, a good longevity hitter at a premium defensive position. Doesn't sit right in my soul mm. taking shots at him, but the point being that <laughs> that there are like Jeter only ballots is like beyond head scratching. It, it's insane to Some, think that he needs to be fawned over so much like he invented the game of baseball. Like he <laughs> like, like, like he invented he was the first shortstop ever. He wasn't even the best he did member of that version it. of the Yankees. That was cool. Someone asked the Rockies, or someone said the Rockies organization kind of screwed him over with only just now retiring his number. Do you agree with that, Drew? I don't disagree with it. I I don't know how much difference it really would have made, but I do think I I don't know that there are Hall of Fame voters out there going, you know, I was going to vote for Larry Walker, but now that I see his number isn't retired. But how can we put him in the Hall of Fame if the Rockies won't even retire? His there number? is a subconscious, and it's not just the Rockies. It's okay. Everyone's here to make sure I don't get fired, right? It's other people in media. There has been a local lack of recognition across the board. Media, the Rockies themselves, uh, other teams in the area to recognize the existence of the franchise and one of the best players to ever play the game. Yes, his number should have been retired. 
a long time ago, but also like they're, I, I, I think it gets into the subconscious of the national, oh, they said we don't have to pay attention. They're telling you in, back in Philly, back on the East Coast, Brandon, and they're, and, and they're telling you, you don't have to care. Right. Because if, if the paper of record in Denver is saying he's not a Hall of Famer, I don't have to check into it any further. Sure. If the people there, if, if no one's making the argument on the grand scale from a local perspective, from either the team or the media, and the player's not going to do it. Right. So while it may, it may be the coast keeping him out, it need, if he doesn't get in this year, it needs to start from within Colorado and, look at, and move out. Look at the difference between the Broncos finally getting a bunch of guys into the hall, right? And it, it started because locally there was a huge push. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't exist any on, in any of the other media environments covering any of the other teams in Denver. It's soft. The and media is just soft. Let, let you me, in on a, on, on a big yeah. secret about all these East and West Coast big markets. They're all their own biggest cheerleaders. They are their importance is a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Voted for Jeff Kent. With De- and and it, this is important though. Like as Denver, again, it's in a super malleable phase. It's growing. Right, the people who comprise the city are changing. Like it's very very important that there's some attempt to establish this because. You might be right that the barrier between Denver being there and there is, is putting themselves there, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you have to put yourself out there as a media market to to put yourself in position to be recognized so, nationally. So don't let three big television contracts expire for two teams at the same – well, we'll talk about that later. So yeah. let, and let me say uh, – Sorry, AJ. Don't, don't get AJ going on that one. I mean, I, I, I hey, don't have an opinion anymore. But – Here's a, I'll say a positive and a negative at the same Rich time. People. Our our great friend Manny Rondawa, who will be at the event, who has at done Blake Street Tavern at Blake Street Tavern <laughs> in, in just in a the few world hours, um, who wrote the book. Who you know what I'm gonna ma- I was gonna make the announcement just a bit later, but we're, we're making it official today. I will be doing the uh, half of the audio book for Manny Rondawa's book on the Blake hey. Street. Bombers. That's gonna be fantastic. Nice. I'm very excited about that. Um, a book on the Blake Street Bombers wasn't written and published until a few months ago by a guy who grew up a San Francisco Giants fan <laughs> and has been writing for MLB.com for several years now, but not decades. He's yeah. my age. He's There's never been a book about Larry Walker before. There's never been a champion. Of course, I've been championing Larry Walker for 10 years. I, I went to the ballpark and watched him hit 400-foot home runs when I was – eight years old. Why is it on Manny Randawa? He's done a phenomenal job. Right. It should never have been his. In that same light, like, my first baseball memories are going to Coors Field and listening to Crazy Train, like, playing, watching Larry Walker come and hit home runs. But, like, even until they just announced the the number retirement, could I even go out and buy a Larry Walker jersey? Like, I feel like I've tried and I just haven't been able to find, like, I'll scour Amazon, and unless I'm buying, like, a game-worn jersey, like, I, I just, do they exist? Like, still to this day, we should be right. selling Larry Walker in Denver. You mean, like, down at the stadium? No. Shirts and stuff? I don't, I mean. And look, if you're, this is why this stuff is important. Like, the Rockies are young, and while there's a lot of, like, ineptitude in, in the history, it's actually not necessarily the Rockies' fault that there's this lack of interest, right? Because it takes generations, and it takes people who have memories having kids and wanting those kids to have the same memories. But this, like, 
that's why it's important that the people who have memories of Larry Walker, that that's validated in this right. way. And when they're talking to their kids, it's, it's not just Larry Walker, the great Rocky. It's Larry, Rocky, Larry Walker, the Hall of Famer, right. the great baseball player who's from Colorado, well, played in Colorado. Well, and to, to me, when I, when I hear it, it needs to start locally. I think it, it goes to the organization itself. And that's one of the things the Broncos did a great job of was parading Pat Bolin and, and Champ Bailey this past year. And they led the cause. Then the local media gets behind it. Then it spreads outside. I mean, if you can't buy uh, a 33 jersey in, in the store, and that's a big team store down there at, at the stadium. They're, yeah. I mean, that's just one small thing that they're not helping his cause with. They It needs to start there and then spread out and i mean it's not perfect of course there's a lot of fan a lot of people in general including most of us here that think steve atwater should already be in that but they're trying they keep pushing and they keep helping it's not going to be instant but it is help from the organization itself that actually reminded me i'm walking a tightrope all day so let me tell a sourced story zach that you just reminded me of i spoke to a ball player last year on the colorado rockies who had broken a record and he was looking for his baseball or his picture something at the stadium <laughs> to acknowledge that it took place yeah and you just kept looking you just it's, kept looking it's just still looking to this day yeah, yeah. and i don't you know <laughs> i'm not going to feel these wandering around <laughs> <I'm not laughs> <here, right? laughs> got to be in here somewhere and to be fair there are a lot of weird places where there are pictures hung up at Coors Field, and they change them out a lot. And and like the, but it's like, again, I'm not going to tell you the record, but that has to be up somewhere, yeah. right? It, it should be one of the first things you see when you walk in the clubhouse. You need to celebrate your success. You have to celebrate your history, your successes, whatever they may be. And I think it was one of the things they did a great job of at Pepsi Center was when they renovated a lot of it in the last couple of years, um, you know, the, the Nuggets, the Nuggets hallway is a little different, uh, but, like, the Avalanche hallway that they painted, yeah, it's got, like, the championship parade, yeah. and it's got every trophy ever won by a member of the organization, and the players walk by it every single day. They I, walk by that history every day. I and noticed a distinction, them. too, by the way, between the abs and the nuts, because I think the abs do a better job with that, and I just noticed that walking through the sort of, like, abs section, if you will. Yeah. Well, I'm I like, mean, they also have, like, a substantially more. more sure, sure. But, like, but, because they got insanely lucky. And But I think you're right, though. Like, when I walk around, um, like, a Staples Center or, like, a Yankee Stadium, these are both flexes, by the way, you do, like, you kind of <laughs> get this sense, like, oh, this is one of the arenas, and, like, you kind of get that more in the Av section, if you will. Like, there's a, you're right. There's a way yeah. you can sort of market this and celebrate. It. Well, and that's the like Vin Scully press box at Dodger Stadium. I was like, damn, I don't know what the name of the press box is. Sure, sure. I do think the Rockies have started to with those re- renovations that they've done in the past years to honor more of their history. There is a lot in the clubhouse that you oh. get to see that. So there are steps being made. Are they fast enough? No. Should they have been made forever ago? Yes. De-scrub three people, and you have to do it now. You want some positive press? Troy Tulowitzki, Ubaldo Jimenez, and Larry Walker need their pictures up and their jerseys up and all of their stuff everywhere. I know some of it got ugly. 
You can't pretend like those guys never existed. Yeah. Yeah. The only picture you're going to see of Troy Tulowitzki anywhere, either at their spring training facility or down at Coors Field, is like in giant ones from 2007 where everyone's in a champagne bath. There is one picture I've seen that has Larry Walker in it, and it's the four Blake Street Bombers in street clothes. Is that picture? Wow! I don't think there's any. I mean, I, again, I could be missing some. I haven't seen every picture of that there is, but how's he not everywhere? He's the most talented person to ever wear your uniform, except for maybe the guy you just pissed off at third base. <laughs> What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward and anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. I want to thank everyone on the DNVR staff for their thoughts and comments there. Uh, you know, that was a little bit ago. We've had, had some trouble getting me this file exactly right, but... Um, it is interesting to see how things have, as much as I'm shocked by the strategy here, calmed down quite a bit around the Rockies and how those couple of days felt like an absolute disaster. And, you know, nothing has really been made explicitly better or different since then. I, I did want to comment that I've seen some positive momentum toward that last topic we were on about the Rockies celebrating their history and doing a better job of that. Uh, you know, we've seen, obviously, they're, they're going to retire Walker's number. Uh, e even things like, I don't know if you, saw, you guys saw the governor is going to make it Larry Walker week, things like that. I, I, I think there's more coming, too, that I, I'm not sure how much I can talk about publicly so I, I think we're seeing some really positive momentum in terms of the Rockies celebrating their history uh, a little bit more a little bit better and that'll be a, a good thing uh, and we've got some fun things at DNVR that I'm just going to hint at and leave there uh, also celebrating a bit of the Rockies history coming very soon so I'm going to sign off on this one I've got another one Coming very, very soon where I talk about the DH and the NL and some takeaways from FanFest and I answer some questions. So be on the lookout for that. It should be up pretty much right after this one. I appreciate those of you uh, sitting through this. If you happen to have already heard the conversation, this wasn't new for you. But uh, again, like I said, for, for those that skip that one because they really don't have any interest in the other sports, I hope you felt that was a good use of your time to listen to that conversation because I still think a lot of what was talked about there is relevant going into the season. And I didn't want to have to do too much repeating of it because I would like to move back into the realm of just analyzing the team a bit. Of course, this cloud is going to hang over every bit of that analysis, 
but I'm very much looking forward to get getting back into. I've got a handful more of individual player podcasts I want to do, start talking about the team on the field. Uh, that's that's what I love doing. That's what I feel like is my bread and butter is actually talking about baseball on the field. All this other stuff gets a little bit crazy for me. So thank you all for sticking with me through this one, continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. Subscribe to everything, and until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more